And so, Jason, can you kind of take us down memory lane and uh, kind of tell us some like the relevant career history that got you to where you are today? Uh, so I've been at Prisma for two years. Prior to that, I was at various startups. I was in New York City for a little bit at this company called Little Bits, which is like a hardware, software, mostly hardware, sort of modular circuitry kit kind of uh, place. And But I actually did my studies way back in design and sort of got myself into programming sort of gradually. So my journey's been sort of self-taught and uh, very much open source has been a big part of my career um, as how I've just picked up the craft. I think I was coming into the space of like with an interest when Node and GitHub were still nascent. And so I think those two, uh, I kind of was getting into jQuery and like using WordPress to kind of put up things and try different projects. And this was still, you know, overlapping with my university time. And then Node kind of came up and I remember watching some of Ryan's early talks when he was in Berlin, I think one of his first two or three talks. And it was like, okay, I can, I kind of know JavaScript. There's this jQuery thing. And now I can kind of use some of that to do something on the back end and just sort of fell really gradually and organically through that path of yeah, Node. And, and that's how kind of I got more and more into to backend. These days, I haven't done as much uh, client for quite a few years, but I actually, uh, some trivia did create the original uh, React Meetup in New York City when I was there, and we picked it up really early at Little Bits, but definitely have uh, moved on towards other things than, than client these days. Did you originally study something like computer science at uni, or, or how did you get into this whole programming thing in the first place? Like, What even made you interested in that? Yeah, so I was in a multidisciplinary uh, design program. The degree was in the fine arts category, right? So it was, it was fairly liberal and fairly sort of driven you know, through both like sort of social interventions, but also a lot of how do you feel about something and, and why tackle it in that way. So there wasn't a lot of like hard objectivity necessarily to, to all the work all the time. But, you know, as a multidisciplinary program, there was, you know, there's industrial design tracks and graphic design tracks, but there was also sort of like a digital track. And this was like, this was like when ActionScript was in the heyday, right? So um, ActionScript and Flash, and uh, there was a lot of multimedia kind of work going on. And so programming was something we did as a, just, it was like, it's just another material that we had to use to realize uh, our work. And so there were programming classes we would do, and we worked with uh, processing uh, as, uh, which was like compiling to Java, which was by Ben Fry and uh, Casey Rias. So there was sort of these sort of creative programming aspects to some of some classes for that and things. And a lot of our projects ended up needing, you know, usually some kind of dimension of motion or, or interactivity or web or whatever. And this was sort of before mobile had really taken off with like iOS. And, and like, I think we had like maybe version two of the iPhone, but it was it was still really web based uh, back then. And uh, yeah, so I think being in that sort of multidisciplinary intersection of Yes, there's a lot of visual and design aspects being worked out, but it was always on the screen somehow, usually. And so um, that, that was really the, the exposure I got. That's really cool. It's a really interesting path. Like I feel like that path for your tooling from jQuery to React to Node kind of led a lot of us to the GraphQL ecosystem. You know, uh, as things were developing, and you know, let's get a little nostalgic here. Like, how have you seen the GraphQL community and technology change since you joined the community? It's been, it's been a pretty big journey. I remember when Facebook first announced GraphQL, and I believe it was possibly at the same time they announced Relay. It was kind of a, a joint presentation, or maybe there was like a conference and they both were presented at it. I can't quite remember, but it was definitely around the same time, if, not, if nothing else. And, you know, this was coming somewhat on the heels of React now being taken seriously, right? Pete Hunt was back then kind of the, the face of React uh, for some time. And Facebook open source was, was just like killing it. And 
there was this sense that, you know, they had sort of done something really important on how we can build apps in a sort of predictable and more rapid way. So so there was sort of this already credibility on the table. And then when they came with the sort of, hey, we've, we've thought about the data layer too. It was like, oh my God, like, please tell me more. And I think it was, so it was a really receptive platform, I think, for that. And it came at a really interesting time where I think everyone was really like looking like it was yeah just the time and the time of that i think was maybe 2015 or something like that it was really well i think positioned in the industry since then i think there's you know been sort of a a lot of maturity in the space but also like quite a bit of stability more than you might expect for something as new as graphql and so i remember early on looking at some of the later maybe like 2017 or something there was this talk talking about like defer and stream and live and some of these other directives. And it seemed like, wow, these are huge things that are, are like going to fundamentally change GraphQL. And it turned out like they didn't actually happen overnight, right? Like some of those parts are just starting to, to land uh, in the spec today. And turns out that like, you know, implementing live is, is, you know, requires a lot more thought than just being, hey, here's a directive. And so I think what we got, you know, years ago on the spec level and kind of what we saw with, you know, here's what a query looks like. A lot of that, I think, has been pretty much crystallized already from when Facebook started to make it public. But the community, of course, I think is where a lot of innovation has happened. Libraries, I mean, maybe we'll get into Nexus on like the node side of things, right? But of course, you have other languages like Scala or Ruby or, or Java or whatever. And that's probably where I see mo- more of the movement, I guess, over the last few years. I'm super excited that like input types will finally have unions in the nearer future now. Like that's that's so long time coming for at least... Uh, us at Prisma, um, we had kind of a GraphQL pl- like plus plus thing where on our side we were had like a version of GraphQL at some point in the stack where we allowed input unions, but we couldn't kind of like expose that at one point in the, back in like our Prisma one GraphQL days. Yeah, it's I think it's a space where GraphQL was clearly thought through and was released in sort of Facebook fashion at that time, where they had done something internal, used it internally, prove it internally. The world saw it and it wasn't actually like being thrown over the fence as this, you know, tell us what you think this might work or might not. Like they were throwing something very confidently over the fence. Uh, and that's why I think it hasn't necessarily needed to sort of change so much over the years. Um, yeah. And I think the community is probably where, where the focus is on, on sort of the, the more rapid kind of change. With that in mind, where do you see GraphQL headed next? Has it just like, stabilized in the state now and the community is also kind of like found its innovations and is using that or where where do you think it's going next what are the things that you're keeping an eye on as you're looking out at the community but also at of course the technical steering committee and graphical itself like what do you what do you think are the big innovations that are going to come that's super interesting i feel like you know the answer probably depends a lot on where your point of view on GraphQL is like, do you use it to build internal APIs, microservices? Are you building a public API like Shopify or, you know, GitHub? You know, there's some very different constraints in those different sort of realms. You know, our use case at Prisma right now is for the, the Prisma data platform. And so this is sort of an API for a first party app that then we also build. And it's like kind of a, maybe a classical use case, right? And I think we don't worry about things like query complexity, right? We don't worry about sort of having to sanitize or worry, you know, like query depth. Like, so, so there's a sort of categories there where, I'm just not dealing with those that that problem space. The type system of GraphQL has always been super interesting as it's like what what does that enables in sort of a like a, from a tooling point of view, full stack, you know, generating generating clients, um, having persistent queries, like all this stuff is is really interesting. But it's 
you know, there's like, it's, it's really nice that the spec is moving forward on certain specifics around like the input unions and I believe like defer and stream are like coming together now. And that's, that's sort of returning the page there. I'm not super like close on sort of what sort of less developed sort of proposed specs are. And, and I don't want to attend like the technical committee meetings and stuff. I've, I've been to one uh, or two, but, but it's not something I generally do. So there might be like some really far out stuff that is, you know, maybe on the roadmap or potentially on the roadmap. But what I see sort of more down to the ground where I am is sort of a continued simplification of the sort of full stack work with GraphQL, where it's still a bit of a stretch for teams to just put the whole end to end together. And so things like Hasira have like, you know, lowered the bar there, but there, there tends to be a lot of like strings attached to like, how does this fit into my project? Or if I, you know, like with GraphQL, for example, you know, it made GraphQL APIs pretty trivial, but like you also felt if you project, you, you always were like, okay, I'll use this until X day. And then I'm going to just have to eject and, you know, do something that's more custom. And so this sort of like balance between leveraging GraphQL in the way you want without taking on complexity you don't want. Like there's like this sort of sweet spot that I think we're all still looking for. So the libraries and, and sort of the frameworks and the maturity around that, I think are pretty important. And we'll see where that's going, you know, internally at Prisma as the data platform gets larger. There'll be a discussion, I'm, I'm almost certain, about internally, what kind of RPC protocol do we want to use? Do we want to maybe explore what Federation looks like uh, in our stack from Apollo? Do just gRPC and, and sort of not use uh, GraphQL internally and just treat it as the, the gateway API to the whole platform, but not how we talk internally? I think a lot of that will come down to decisions around what's the, like, the, the path of least resistance. If gRPC is just the easier kind of way to quickly put up microservices and have you know, strong typing, good performance, good monitoring, it's just out of the box, makes you move faster, then that's, that maybe will be more dominant. To the extent that we can get GraphQL as a community, just lowering the bar more and more. And I think of like, you know, GraphCDN is like an example of this as a, as a product that is lowering the bar for like, I have performance concerns about putting up my GraphQL API or like, like as the community, both from an open source perspective, but commercially, you know, evolves. I, th- I think that's, that's like the biggest area right now. I think of, of innovation is lowering the barrier to entry. 